Chapter Twenty One The Rosary. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Pat Elder, San Antonio, Florida, January 2007. The Rosary, Chapter Twenty One Hard on the Secretary. Nurse Rosemary sat with her patient in the sunny library at Gleneesh. A small table was between them, upon which lay a pile of letters, his morning mail, ready for her to open, read to him, and pass across, should there chance to be one among them he wished to touch or to keep in his pocket. They were seated close to the French window opening on to the terrace. The breeze, fragrant with the breath of spring flowers, blew about them, and the morning sun streamed in. Garth, in white flannels, wearing a green tie and a buttonhole of primroses, lay back luxuriously, enjoying, with his rapidly quickening senses, the scent of the flowers and the touch of the sunbeams. Nurse Rosemary finished reading a letter of her own, folded it, and put it in her pocket with a feeling of thankful relief. Derrick was coming. He had not failed her. "'A man's letter, Miss Gray,' Garth said unexpectedly. "'Quite right.' said nurse rosemary how did you know because it was on one sheet a woman's letter on a matter of great importance would have run to two if not three and that letter was on a matter of importance right again said nurse rosemary smiling and again how did you know because you gave a little sigh of relief after reading the first line and another as you folded it and replaced it in the envelope nurse rosemary laughed you are getting on so fast, Mr. Dalmain, that soon we shall be able to keep no secrets. My letter was from— Oh, don't tell me, cried Garth quickly, putting out his hand in protest. I had no idea of seeming curious as to your private correspondence, Miss Gray. Only it is such a pleasure to report progress to you in the things I managed to find out without being told. But I meant to tell you anyway, said Nurse Rosemary. The letter is from Sir Derrick and amongst other things he says he is coming up to see you next saturday ah good said garth and what a change he will find and i shall have the pleasure of reporting on the nurse secretary reader and unspeakably patient guide and companion he provided for me and then he added in a tone of suddenly awakened anxiety he is not coming to take you away is he no said nurse rosemary not yet but, Mr. Dalmain, I was wanting to ask whether you could spare me just during forty-eight hours, and Dr. Brand's visit would be an excellent opportunity. I could leave you more easily, knowing you would have his companionship. If I may take the weekend, leaving on Friday night, I could return early on Monday morning, and be with you in time to do morning letters. Dr. Brand would read you Saturdays and Sundays. Ah, uh, I forgot, there is no Sunday post, so I should miss but one and he would more than take my place in other ways. Very well, said Garth, striving not to show disappointment. I should have liked that we three should have talked together, but no wonder you want a time off. Shall you be going far? No, I have friends nearby. And now, do you wish to attend to your letters? Yes, said Garth, reaching out his hand. Wait a minute, there is a newspaper among them. I smell the printing ink. I don't want that. "'But kindly give me the rest.' Nurse Rosemary took out the newspaper, then pushed the pile along until it touched his hand. Garth took them. 
What a lot, he said, smiling in pleasurable anticipation. I say, Miss Gray, if you profit as you ought to do so by the reading of so many epistles written in every possible and impossible style, you ought to be able to bring out a pretty comprehensive, complete letter-writer. Do you remember the condolences of Mrs. Parker Bangs? I think that was the first time that we really laughed together. Kind old soul, but she should not have mentioned blind Bartimaeus dipping seven times in the pool of Salome. It is always best to avoid classical illusions, especially if sacred, unless one has them accurately. Now, Garth paused. He had been handling his letters one by one, carefully fingering each, before laying it on the table beside him. He had just come to one written on foreign paper and sealed. He broke off his sentence abruptly, held the letter silently for a moment, then passed his finger slowly over the seal. Nurse Rosemary watched him anxiously. He made no remark, but after a moment laid it down and took up the next. When he passed the pile across to her, he slipped the sealed letter beneath the rest, so that she should come to it last of all. Then the usual order of proceedings commenced. Garth lighted a cigarette, one of the first things he had learned to do for himself, and smoked contentedly, carefully placing his ashtray, and almost unfailingly locating the ash in time and correctly. Nurse Rosemary took up the first letter, read the postmark, and described the writing on the envelope. Garth guessed from whom it came, and was immensely pleased if, on opening, his surmise proved correct. There were nine today of varying interest, some from men friends, one or two from charming women who professed themselves ready to come and see him as soon as he wished for visitors, one from a blind asylum asking for a subscription, a short note from the doctor heralding his visit, and a bill for ties from a Bond Street shop. Nurse Rosemary's fingers shook as she replaced the eighth in its envelope. The last of the pile lay on the table. As she took it up, Garth, with a quick movement, flung his cigarette in through the window and lay back, shading his face with his hand. "'Did I shoot straight, nurse?' he asked. She leaned forward and saw the tiny column of blue smoke rising from the gravel. "'Quite straight,' she said. "'Mr. Dalmain?' This letter has an Egyptian stamp, and the postmark is Cairo. It is sealed with scarlet sealing wax, and the engraving on the seal is a plumed helmet with the visor closed. And the writing? asked Garth mechanically and very quietly. The handwriting is rather bold and very clear, with no twirls or flourishes. It is written with a broad nib. Will you kindly open it, nurse, and tell me the signature before reading the rest of the letter? Nurse Rosemary fought with her throat, which threatened to close altogether and stifle her voice. She opened the letter, turned to the last page, and found the signature. "'It is signed Jane Champion, Mr. Dalmain,' said Nurse Rosemary. "'Read it, please,' Garth said quietly, and Nurse Rosemary began. "'Dear Dal, what can I write? If I were with you, there would be so much I could say, but writing is so difficult.' so impossible. I know it is harder for you than it would have been for any of us, but you will be braver over it than we should have been, and you will come through splendidly and go on thinking life beautiful and making it seem so to other people. I never thought it so until that summer at Overdean and Shenstone when you taught me the perception of beauty. Since then, 
in every sunset and sunrise, in the blue-green of the Atlantic, the purple of the mountains, the spray of Niagara, the cherry blossoms of Japan, the golden deserts of Egypt, I have thought of you, and understood them better, because of you. Oh, Dal, I should like to come and tell you all about them, and let you see them through my eyes, and then you would widen out my narrow understanding of them, and show them again to me in greater loveliness. I hear you receive no visitors, but cannot you make just one exception and let me come? I was at the Great Pyramid when I heard. I was sitting on the piazza after dinner. The moonlight called up memories. I had just made up my mind to give up the Nile and come straight home, and write asking you to come and see me, when General Lorraine turned up with an English paper and a letter from Myra, and I heard. Would you have come, Garth? And now, my friend, as you cannot come to me, may I come to you? If you just say, Come, I will come from any part of the world where I may chance to be when the message reaches me. Never mind this Egyptian address. I shall not be there when you are hearing this. Direct to me at my aunt's townhouse. All my letters go there and are forwarded unopened. Let me come. And, oh, do believe that I know something of how hard it is for you. But God can enable. Believe me to be yours more than I can write. Jane Champion. Garth removed the hand which had been shielding his face. If you are not tired, Miss Gray, after reading so many letters, I should like to dictate my answer to that one immediately, while it is fresh in my mind. Have you paper there? Thank you. May we begin? Dear Miss Champion, I am deeply touched by your kind letter of sympathy. It was especially good of you to write to me from so far away amid so much which might have well diverted your attention from friends at home. A long pause. Nurse Rosemary Gray waited, pen in hand, and hoped the beating of her heart was only in her ears and not audible across the small table. I am glad you did not give up the Nile trip, but— An early bee hummed in from the hyacinths and buzzed against the pane. Otherwise the room was very still. But of course, if you had sent for me, I should have come. The bee fought the window angrily, up and down, up and down, for several minutes, then found the open glass and whirled out into the sunshine, joyfully. Absolute silence in the room until Garth's quiet voice broke in as he went on dictating. It is more than kind of you to suggest coming to see me, but... Nurse Rosemary dropped her pen. Oh, Mr. Dalmain, she said. Let her come. Garth turned upon her a face of blank surprise. I do not wish it, he said in a tone of absolute finality. But think how hard it must be for anyone to want so much to be near a, a friend in trouble and to be kept away. It is only her wonderful kindness of heart makes her offer to come, Miss Gray. She is a friend and comrade of long ago. It would greatly sadden her to see me thus. It does not seem so to her, pleaded Nurse Rosemary. Ah, oh, cannot you read between the lines? Or does it take a woman's heart to understand a woman's letter? Did I read it badly? May I read it over again? A look of real annoyance gathered on Garth's face. He spoke with quiet sternness, a frown bending his straight black brows. You read it quite well, he said. 
but you do not do well to discuss it. I must feel able to dictate my letters to my secretary without having to explain them. I beg your pardon, sir, said Nurse Rosemary humbly. I was wrong. Garth stretched his hand across the table and left it there a moment, though no responsive hand was placed within it. Never mind, he said with his winning smile, my kind little mentor and guide. You can direct me in most things, but not in this. Now let us conclude. Where were we? Ah, uh, to suggest coming to see me. Did you put, it is most kind, or it is more than kind? More than kind, said Nurse Rosemary brokenly. Right, for it is indeed more than kind. Only she and I can possibly know how much more. Now let us go on. But I am receiving no visitors, and do not desire any until I have so mastered my new circumstances that the handicap connected with them shall neither be painful nor very noticeable to other people. During the summer I shall be learning step by step to live this new life, in complete seclusion at Gleneesh. I feel sure my friends will respect my wish in this matter. I have with me one who most perfectly and patiently is helping— Oh, wait, cried Garth suddenly. I will not say that. She might think—she might misunderstand. Had you begun to write it? No. What was the last word? Matter? Ah, yes. That is right. Full stop after matter. Now let me think. Garth dropped his face into his hands and sat for a long time absorbed in thought. Nurse Rosemary waited. Her right hand held the pen poised over the paper. Her left was pressed against her breast. Her eyes rested on that dark bowed head, with a look of unutterable yearning and of passionate tenderness. At last Garth lifted his face. Yours very sincerely, Garth Dalmain, he said, and silently Nurse Rosemary wrote it. End of chapter 21 The Rosary by Florence L. Barclay This recording is in the public domain.